I mentioned on Sunday and even last Sunday a nugget that I want to give you guys tonight. And I, I can tell you that for me personally, and I believe this would, is going to help some people, this is a, a message that is, it was what kept me, has kept me right and kept me going for the Lord. If someone were to ask, what's the one thing, what's the one thing that's kept you going? It's the fear of the Lord. So I want to talk about the fear of the Lord tonight, amen? And this is a subject that is just so dear to my heart, and I'm not going to take long on this little part, and actually wasn't even thinking about saying it, but I feel led to now. You know, the, my, my, my personal testimony was, was, was that fear of God and hell that I knew that if I didn't change that night, that was the destination I was going to. And, and how many know we all know that, that hell exists and we know that that's where you don't go if you don't listen to God. But how many know we really need to have an, a, a, a revelation of that to really understand that that is a place? So for me, it was personal. And, and most of you know my testimony that when I was sitting at the back of the church and that, that evangelist was preaching on hell and he began to describe it. And uh, I'm actually going to read a few verses tonight in a, in a little bit from, from there. Uh, but he did a much better job than me, and his entire message was on hell. And by the time the altar call came, God, as clear as I've ever heard his voice, said, that's where you're going. I mean, no, that's not good news. I mean, it was like, that's where you're going. That's that, everything he just, it, it, like, how many you know when someone describes a good, a good you know, place to eat or a nice house or a nice resort or a nice trip or whatever, you're like, oh, I want to go there. But when someone describes hell and they say, that's where you're going, that's not good news. And I changed my life that night, and that was the beginning of what Proverbs 9.10 says. Look what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then it goes on to say, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Okay, so I'm going to hit understanding in a second. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So one thing that's important is to have proper fear. Okay, I'm going to explain to you tonight what that means. What does it mean to have proper fear? How many know you can be afraid of something and it not be the proper, proper fear that you have? So I want to get the balance tonight of a proper fear. I'm going to give you a few more verses about that. Psalms 111, verse 10 says again, now this is the second time I'm going to say it, but this is in about 10 verses where it says these same words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This isn't a repeat of the same verse. And he says, a good, what does it say there? Understanding. How many know that was the ending of the first verse I read? A good understanding have all those who do His commandments and His praise endures forever. So leave that up there for a second. The fear of the Lord, second time, is the beginning of wisdom. It's a dumb question, but how many want to be wise? How many want to be dumb? just want to see if I had anybody not paying attention right there. You know, we raise our hands for everything sometimes. We want to be wise. I mean, you don't, you, if you don't want to be wise, you're the other one. Right? If you don't want to be wise, you're dumb. So we all want to be wise, and God says, you want to be wise? The beginning of being wise is fearing the Lord. A reverent, holy fear. Job 28, 28. How many know Job knew a little, little thing about life? Right in the middle, right about the middle of his discourse and his talking to his friends, he says this, And to man he said, Behold, 
Here we go again. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart, here, here, so the first two verses I told you, understanding, understanding. Here's the understanding. And to depart from evil is understanding. Okay, so how many are with me so far? God wants us to fear Him. He wants us to have a reverent fear of Him. He wants us to understand He's a big God. He's a real God. And He says, if you, if you fear Me, you will depart or flee or run in the opposite direction of sin and evil. Okay, how many know that just makes sense? But a lot of people don't do it. Right? So, so, so we can see in people's lives there is a lack of fear. And I mentioned on Sunday... Everybody should have a fear of God. I believe everybody does have a portion of fear in their lives, but I don't believe everyone has the same fear of God. Because if everyone had the same fear of God, we wouldn't have Christians doing things Christians do. Come on. We wouldn't be making, the, I'm not talking about a, 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 a mistake that all of us make as human. I'm talking about things that, that, that should scare us. Things that just say, there's no way that's even going to enter into my mind. And so here's, here's a little help for you. The understanding is to depart from evil. And if you don't get that, let me give you a little bit of motivation. Let me show you what my motivation was the night I got saved. Let's look at a few verses here. Luke 16, verses 23 and 24. I'm going to give you some motivation. If you don't fear the Lord, I'm going to give you some motivation to fear the Lord. This is the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And the rich man goes down into hell, dies and goes to hell. And, and, then, and then the rich, the beggar, or sorry, the, 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 the rich man goes down and then Lazarus goes down. And he's talking to him. And look what it says. And being in what? This isn't, this isn't the description of hell that, that, that all your friends talk about. I mean, have you ever heard somebody say, and you, don't, you might be guilty of yourself before you knew the Lord, oh, I'm going to party hard in hell. You ever heard somebody say that? Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to split it wide open, and I'm going to party there. I don't see a party. It says, and being in torments. How many know torment would be enough? It wasn't being in torment, it says being in torments. That's not an error. That's what it says. In Hades, he lifted his eyes up and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And then when it, watch what it says. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And listen, this is the voice that's coming from hell tonight. If we could hear the voices from hell tonight, people would be crying out nonstop. Have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me, God. I, I, I should have paid attention, God. I'm sorry, God. I, I need to change, God. I'm going to make a change here, Lord. Lord, forgive me. Lord, give me another chance. Lord, give me another chance. How many know if, that we'd be hearing that over and over again, just what this man is saying? And he says, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, cool my tongue. For I am tormented for a few minutes until I'm annihilated and I'm no tormented no longer. There's a belief of that. There's a teaching that uh, some people will say, I believe in hell, but I don't believe in an eternal hell. Well, read your Bible. I believe in hell, but I believe in annihilation. So, so some people don't believe in hell at all, and they're going to wake up to a hell of a surprise. Amen? And then some people believe in hell, but they believe in annihilation. Meaning you're going to go down there, you're going to burn, it'll be done, ashes, it's over, and lights out, and no more. 
It's not what the Bible teaches. It says, for I am tormented, or in other words, I am being tormented in this flame for eternity. So, little motivation there. Let me give you a little bit more. Let me give you one more scripture. Mark chapter 9. We use this when we do judgment. We put it up on hell. We put it up in, in, in neon letters with the, with the black light so people can see it. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, and, and right there, church, that's why we need to live a life, a holy life, have the fear of the Lord, because people are watching us. Amen. It's not just about you. People are watching us. He says, whoever causes one of these to stumble, it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and be thrown into the sea. If you're, now watch this. Watch, well, here's the motivation. Why should I fear the Lord? Because it says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. Now real quick, for all the new people, their eyes just got big. God is not literally expecting you to go home tonight and cut your hand off. Okay, don't do that. Don't go say, Pastor, say, cut your hand off. Don't do that. But, what he, but this isn't literal, but it's serious. He says, because it's better for you to enter life maimed, eternal life, maimed, than to have, than have two hands and go to hell. Okay? And he says, into the fire. Now, here's what I just said. If you didn't believe me, if those believe in annihilation, into the fire that will be quenched after a little while. What does it say? That will never be quenched. Oh, what a mean God. We have such a mean God. I thought God was love. I thought God was love. He is love. We're going to get to that in a minute. Where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The worm not dying means that it's, it's going to be an eternal pain. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. Could it be better for you to enter life maim? than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that will burn for a little while, and then it'll stop. How I many you know when, when the Lord repeats himself in a verse, he's putting an emphasis on it. So in case you didn't catch the first thing I said, this hell place that I did not make for you, by the way, tell the person next to you that hell was not made for you. Tell them again, I promise you, hell was not made for you. Now tell them, don't go there. You're not supposed to be there. It's for the devil and his angels. That's, that's what hell was intended for. Okay, now watch what the next verse says. Where the worm does not die, second time, and the fire burns for a little while and then goes out. Fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hell fire. Hell fire. Look at the person next to you and say, hell fire. We need some more hell fire preaching today. If we had some more hell fire preaching today, we'd have people living better. Oh, don't preach that hell fire stuff. Oh, don't preach that stuff. Well, no one's preaching it and everybody's going to hell. We need hell fire preaching. Because it's in the Bible, and, and Jesus taught more about hell than he did heaven. Because he doesn't want us to go there. So hell fire. Amen. You start getting around somebody who tells you, no, no, we don't believe in all that hell fire stuff. Get away from them. Tell them they need to get saved and come to church. Oh, my church don't preach that. Get them out of there. Say, you better get out of that church. Where the worm, look at this, third time. 
where the worm does not die, the fire is not quenched. Did you know when the Bible mentions something three times, it's a witness? Not that God's word isn't true anyways, but he's emphasizing here. So that's motivation, church. Why should I fear God? We should fear him, period, because he's so good and so awesome and so amazing. But if we need a little motivation, then there it is. He gives a description of, of where we'll go. And what he's saying is, when he says cut off those things, is he's saying you better take the sin that's in your life serious. For an example, if you can't handle pornography, you better get your phone and your computer and your tablet and whatever you watch it on out of your life. Go buy a flip phone. Right? That's, that's what he's basically saying. He's not, don't, don't really go pluck your eye out, but go get a flip phone where you can't see videos. Hand somebody your tablet and say, hold this till I can get self-control. How many are following me? That's what it means. If you have an alcohol problem, that means that you do whatever. You don't go any within a million miles of a, a liquor store. You don't go hang out with people that drink. You don't, go stay, you don't get around people who are not going to be a godly example to you. He's just saying here, whatever you have to do, take it serious, because these are Jesus' words. He says, if you don't do that, hell's waiting. He's saying, let me motivate you a little bit. Now, how many know that the character of God would be, I don't even want to waste my time telling you about this place. He would rather talk about other things. But we're wicked people. And we need sometimes a description and a motivation. Here's my, and here's the best one. Matthew 10, 28. Why fear the Lord? Listen to this. God says, how many know that in this place we, we fear a lot of things? We all fear things. Could be heights, could be uh, uh, enclosed spaces, could be rats, could be snakes, could be sickness, whatever. We fear things. But the, what we should fear and who we should fear is God. And sometimes we can fear the government, we can fear these riots, these looting, we can fear violence, we can fear theft. We can, and God says, don't, don't fear those things. Watch this, don't fear those things. He says, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. I mean, you know, that, that right there, that's why Paul could say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for those who believe, because he knew that when he died, he was going to be absent from his body and be present with the Lord. Amen. How many know that that's a real revelation? That this body can be killed and I can breathe my last breath, but I'm going to spend eternity somewhere. So he says, don't fear someone who can take a gun and shoot you. But rather... He says, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We should not fear man. We should not fear this world. We should not fear anything. We should fear God and God alone. Now, for me personally, I wouldn't even need to go on because right there I'm good. I'm done. I don't need a better description. I don't need more description. I'm good. I don't want to go to hell. So I'm going to live my life in a way every day that I can live my life in a pleasing to God. And I'm going to cut that finger, hand off, cut that foot off, pluck that eye out, whatever I got to do, so that my, my life doesn't cause me to live in, in sin. Now watch this. Here's the flip side. We need to understand. I want you to picture God's character as a coin. 
Okay? Two-sided coin. How many know coins have two sides? God's character is, two, is a coin of two sides. One side is the proper way to look at God. Because if you don't look at it the proper way, let me explain this before I read this. If you don't look at it the proper way, you will look at God one of two ways. If you don't understand He's a coin, you'll look at God on one side where He is, he is all hate. He hates people. He wants to send them to hell. He wants, he wants people to rot. He wants people to die. He's mean. He's judgmental. And you'll be over here on this side. Or if you don't understand that God's a coin and he has two-sided of a character, you'll be on this side and you'll say God is love and God can never send me to hell and God doesn't, isn't sending anybody to hell and, God, and you'll be on the other side. And, and if you're on one or the other, you're in trouble because balance is everything in the kingdom of God. So the, the two-sided coin is, the bottom line is one side, God is loving, caring, compassionate, merciful, tender, and gentle. And that's the side that you want to be on with God. You ever heard of somebody say, you don't want to be on my bad side? Well, how about God's bad side? Right? How about God's bad side? So one side is loving, caring, compassionate, merciful, tender, and gentle. The other side is righteous judgment, wrath, anger, that will manifest in our lives if we try to push the envelope with him. If you want God's wrath, you can get it. Play around. Play around. We talked about that Sunday with the fire, right? I said, if you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. Amen? And so we need a, a proper perspective tonight. How many know we need a proper perspective on God and the fear of God? And, and here it is in a verse that makes sense. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 gives us a really good balance here on the proper way to see God. He says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Now, is anybody in here thankful for grace? You better be, because that's what saves you. You being here at church tonight doesn't save you. You reading your Bible doesn't save you. God's grace saves you. We should all be in hell tonight. We all deserve destruction. We are, we're all sinners. But he says, grace. Now, by which we may serve God... Leave that up there. Don't put the next verse. That we may serve God acceptably. And here's a word that's really important. With reverence and godly fear. You better revere God. Okay, leave that there. I want to, I want to stay on this verse. This is, this is the one side of the coin. He's graceful. He's merciful. And we need reverence and godly fear. We need to understand that He has our best intentions in, in mind. He loves us. He's that good, good father like that song says. He wants us to have a life of prosperity. He wants us to have a life of blessing. He wants us to be blessed going in and blessed coming out. He wants us to be lenders and not borrowers. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants, he wants us to spend eternity with him. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I may be, you may be also. And on and on and on and on. He loves us. 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 And He wants us all. Does anybody know John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever, everybody, would not perish. For He did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that a few people might be saved. Is that what it says? That everybody would be saved. That's God. Generous graceful, loving. 
He has a God side, a good side. But God doesn't have a bad side. You know, don't get on my bad side. He doesn't have a bad side. He has a just side. And watch what the next verse says. Leave that up there. Drop the mic. Notice that the nice side was lots of words and beautiful and, and love you, generous. Let's have let's have eternity together. Let's make let's let's it's just and then but but if you don't want to do that, he's a consuming fire. Amen. He's a consuming fire. So, as I begin to close, we can have the wrong fear. Let me give you an example, a couple examples of the wrong fear. I don't have these verses up. But there's some fears that we can have that, that don't produce that righteousness. For example, James 2.19 says, you've heard this verse, it says, you believe that there's one God, and you do well, even the demons believe and tremble at his word. Okay, so, so there's a fear there that the demons have. How many know if the demons fear him, we should fear him? Right? A reverent fear. But here's why we have to be so careful. That's why we've got to be so in love with Jesus. Stay in the word. Stay in prayer. And stay in worship. And allow the fear of the Lord to encompass us. Because, listen, if the devil's demons could fall, who are we? Ever thought about that? Has anybody in here ever been to heaven? Has anybody in here ever seen Jesus face to face? Like face to, not a vision, but face to face? Have you ever touched his hands and his feet? Has anybody ever sat at the throne of God? Has anybody ever seen the crystal sea? Has anybody ever heard the angels rejoicing? None of us have. Guess what? Those demons, one third of the angels, that are waiting for their torment, waiting for their eternal punishment, uh, Judas talks about and Philippians talks about, those same people were in heaven, in the presence of God, face to face. And if they can fall, we can fall. So we need humility. We need, we need to humble ourselves and say, God, if, if they can fall, Help me learn from them and not allow any spirit to come into my life that would cause me. Now they fear him, but they fear him because when they were in heaven, they saw the, the majestic, powerful, graceful, loving, wonderful side. And once they turned on him, then they saw his just side. Out. Kicked him out of heaven. And with the devil. Amen? Here's another one. The unprofitable servant. How many remember the parable? The unprofitable servant. He was corrected for being wicked and lazy. After he made the excuse, he said, I was afraid. How many remember this parable? He said, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, wrong fear. How many are following me? You can have fear and have it be the wrong fear. Fear that the demons had. Fear that you do the wrong thing. If you have the correct fear of God, it's always going to cause you to do the right thing, not the wrong thing. 
That unprofitable, lazy, wicked servant said, I was afraid, and so he had the wrong fear. He said he had fear, but how many know if he said he had fear, it's different that he had fear. Say it all day long. Well, the demons say it too. It's not enough to say I fear God. We have to fear God. It's not enough to, to know we should fear God. We have to fear God. It's okay. It's quiet in here. That's, that, we should be thinking right now. We should be saying, God, do I truly fear you? Do I truly, truly fear you, God? Do I have a reverence for who you are and an understanding? The last one is Revelation 21, uh, verse 8. He says, even the cowardly and the fearful. So you say, when, when you read that verse, tw- Revelation 21 8, he says, the, the, the fearful and the cowardly will not be in heaven, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it have, you have to have the proper fear. This is good. It's better than your amens. But this is a nugget, might be the best nugget I could ever give you. A proper fear of the Lord. You know, I was thinking as I close, I am, this is my last example. I was thinking, and, and I actually thought about it before I realized I had so many verses on it. But fire is a great example of how to understand the fear of the Lord. Okay? So if I have this here, and I had, if we had the kids in here tonight, it would be a great object lesson. If, if I teach, oh, that feels good, though. Feels good though. If I teach my kids when they were younger, or we teach our kids that fire is bad, that's good, but there's also a lot of good in fire. Okay? So I have to teach the proper fear. Because if I tell my kids that fire is bad, then, then we go out camping and we go out to a fire pit and we want to go have fun and roast marshmallows, they're not going to go into the fire. If they want to cook something, they can't turn the fire on because they're afraid of fire. I mean, there's a ton of things that you can do with fire that are good. And the fire comes on in your house pretty soon when it gets cold, where I like it. This is going to come on in your, in, your, in your furnace. And it's going to make that heat go out through your house. So it's not bad fear. It's not bad fire. It's good fire. So I, I have to understand what's good fear and bad fear. But, but at the same time, I have to understand that with this fire, if I get too close... If I, if, I, if I leave my finger there for too long, I can leave it there for a second. If I leave it there too long, I'm going to get burnt. And so I think fire is, is a great understanding about the reverence and the fear of God. That there, God is a good God, but I have to understand how to use his fear. Use it as motivation, as I, as I started out with. Use it as an understanding that, that fire purges Fire purifies. Fire cleans. And think about this. Sometimes God will allow you to go through things that you didn't put on yourself, but he'll allow you to go through things. Or sometimes you might have put it on yourself. And I'm not talking about sin, just a situation so that the fire gets turned up a little bit. And you revere that fire more. And you go, if I don't get out of this situation soon, I'm going to burn. There's a reverence there that God wants us to have. So listen to this. God is a God of love and justice, grace and wrath. And sometimes 
Another thought I have was that if you look at the Bible, the lion, the Bible says he's the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. I mean, no, lions are the king of the jungle. And sometimes we just need to listen. We need to hear God roar. Sometimes we need to hear God roar. And how many know when a lion roars? Ooh. That means something. So when he roars, we revere. We revere. And God sometimes is roaring. And he's expecting us to make some changes and make some differences and, and, and make some decisions. And that's what I was talking about the last couple of weeks. When the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and, and the lion's roaring... He's trying to get us away from the danger. He's saying, fire, fire, fire. It's going to get hotter. Get, don't come here. Go away. It's getting bigger. But at the same time, we understand that he's both. Okay, so let me say that again. He's a God of love, God of love and justice. He's a God of grace and wrath. And so we have to understand he's a two-sided coin. Amen? How many understand that's really important to understand his personality? His character, and it's in the Bible, all throughout the Bible. Last verse, Psalms 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed. How many want to be blessed in here? Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the presence of God that's in this place. I feel your presence. I feel your power. I feel your love. I feel your anointing on these people, God. I feel a reverence in this place for the things of God. I feel a spirit in this place that's drawing us to you and not pushing us away. Because, God, if we have too much of a, of a, of a misconception of the fear of God, we'll run away from you. And that's why I gave you the example, church, tonight of the fire. God doesn't want us to run away from him. He wants us to run to him. But if I have an un, a, a misconstrued idea or a misunderstanding of, of his character and his nature, instead of running to him, I'll run away from him. And that's not the answer. You need to be able to come to God with an attitude of worship, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of trust, and an attitude of peace to know that God loves you and he wants the best for you tonight. And the beginning of knowledge is a deep, real fear of the Lord. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, as you're watching online tonight, as you're here in this place, as you're listening to the podcast possibly, how many in this place could be honest with God and say, God, I, I don't revere you like I should. I don't fear you in a godly way. I don't... I, I, I haven't understood how real hell is. That it is a real place. And that if I don't take my walk seriously, if I don't cut that hand off, that pluck that eye out, cut that foot off, get rid of the things in my life that want me to go a different direction, God, I'm, I can be in danger of hell fire. I can backslide. I can go back to my old ways. So many people did it in the Bible. So many people have done it. Some are doing it right now today, even in our church or many churches across the world, backslidden. And at some point, church, listen to me, at some point, a lack 
of the fear of God came in. And they began to make decisions. We can begin to make decisions that aren't holy, that aren't righteous, that aren't pleasing to God. Tonight, if you're here and you want to get right with God, you're watching online, you want to get right with God, maybe you've never accepted Him as Lord and Savior tonight, tonight's the day you say, I'm, I, I have an understanding, I just got a motivation, an understanding, a revelation that, that I, I have an eternity waiting for me and I want to spend it in heaven. But you've never given Jesus Lordship. Would you just lift your hand up all over this place? And say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to be saved. All over this place. Maybe you're watching online. I can't see you. But you're going to say this prayer with us in a minute. Maybe you're here tonight. And you, and, you, and you come to church. And you're here every service. But you're not living for the Lord tonight. You're, you're, you're living a secret sin. You're hiding things. You're covering things up. Listen, there's nothing uncovered from God. God sees everything. Like we said on Sunday, when you mess up, fess up. Come clean. Tell God. If, he says if you're faithful and just to confess your sins, he's faith, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Church, God is not looking down and waiting for us to mess up so He can catch us in our sin. He's not trying to trip us up. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to miss, miss heaven. He wants us to be with Him. And the way we do that is fear of God. A fear of the Lord. Let's stand tonight all over this place. We're going to say a prayer tonight as a church. Because tonight somebody could be watching online or listening to the podcast that needs to be saved. And this service would be worth us coming in. And that's why we preach the gospel. Because the gospel is good news. How many know the gospel is good news? Remember, everything I just talked about is God the loving Father saying, don't come here. This isn't for you. It's like the warning signs on the street. Bridge ahead. Curve ahead. Slow down. He gives us warning signs because He does not want us to go to hell he does not want anyone to go to hell. Nobody. Do you all realize that the Bible says he doesn't want anybody to go to hell? You can think of, How many can think of some bad people right now that deserve hell? Someone popped into your mind. He didn't want them to go there. There's a bunch of bad people that are already there. He didn't want them to go there. He came down and died for everybody to be saved. Tonight, no matter how wicked people are in this world, if they'll call on Jesus... He can save them. He can turn the wickedest, horriblest, most sinful person around because of His grace. But he, say, he says, choose me today. But if you don't, I'm a consuming fire. And I'll do what fire does. I'll burn. Amen? Let's say this prayer all together before we open up the altar and spend some time together at the altar. Lord Jesus, I want to thank You for your mercy and your grace and your love. You are so good and so faithful. I come to you tonight and I know I need a Savior. The Holy Spirit has showed me that I'm lost without you. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for every one of my sins and you rose from the dead 
so I could have eternal life. I believe that tonight, Jesus. I put my faith in what you did on the cross, that your shed blood cleanses me from all my unrighteousness. I accept you, and I give you my life. And I ask from this day forward that you'll guard me and shield me and allow the fire of God to be around me in such a way that I will turn away from sin and I will keep my eyes on Jesus. Thank you tonight for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a big thanksgiving tonight for his presence and his peace and his power.